How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland, coming to y'all live from Atlanta, Georgia on Tuesday, May 17th, 2022. I'm joined this time by Ben Gorwitz. Ben, say what's up to the people. What's going on, everyone? A little playoff basketball for me. Oh, yeah, guys. First time we had been on in a little while here to talk basketball. Um, me and Ben back at it. We're going to have football stuff cranking out here soon for you guys. Football season's around the corner. But as you guys know, last time I came to y'all was, um, I believe we were previewing the second round series. The second round series are now concluded, and it's time to talk about our biggest takeaways. But, I mean, Ben, we've got two big series coming up. We'll get to those on the back half of the podcast. But I think we got to start with the biggest story here. And, I mean, look. I would have thought the biggest story we'd be talking about here is what's going on with Giannis, how the Celtics missed, bailed off a big series victory. But uh uh-uh. we're talking about the absolutely embarrassing and abysmal fourth quarter or uh, game seven performance by the Phoenix Suns. I mean, they lost this game by 40 points this game. About the only time this game was close was when the ball was tipped off. Um, Look, I'll get to the Mavericks part of things first, but let's talk about the game and how everything played out. I think, honestly, Ben – I re- this is what I think happened here. I think the Suns were tired. And I'm not just saying that because of what happened, but I think about it this way. Throughout the regular season, the Suns were playing their guys a lot of minutes, and they were trying to win these games, you know, and a lot of other teams were kind of, you know, phoning it in, were kind of resting their guys. Like, I mean, we saw Golden State get out to the hot start to start the season off, and then they kind of slacked off a little bit, started playing their key guys less minutes. I mean, obviously, they have guys get hurt and stuff, but, I mean, it felt like Golden State really rested their guys a lot. Phoenix, it felt like, you know, they wanted to defend their – you know, they wanted to bounce back from what happened, and they were hot, pissed off about it, and they came out hot all season long. They won 64 games. I feel like they kept their foot on the gas the whole season long. I feel like that worked against them. I feel like the fact they made a late playoff run, and or they made a deep playoff run last year, and the season went over later because, I mean, last year's season ended almost at the end of July. Like, July 4th, we were playing – we finished the conference championships, I remember, because the Hawks lost on July 3rd, and that was the last game left for the conference championships, and then – I mean, the season ended basically in almost August, you know, like season got going later and everything because of COVID. So I feel like that had played into it. But at the same time, I feel like the Suns didn't do a smart job of pl- of staggering their guys minutes. And it showed in this game, man, it felt like the Mavs came out, punched them straight up in the mouth. And they really had no response for what Dallas did to them. My only counter would be the Suns are like a really young team outside of mm-hmm. Chris Paul. Um, Jay Crowder is getting up there in age, but like, their main players, Booker, Aiton, Bridges, Johnson, campaign off the bench. Uh, those are all guys that are like 26 and under. If I yeah. guess like these guys are so young. So it's like they shouldn't be getting tired at this point. Chris Paul's 37 years old. Like, yeah, he's not LeBron James type of body. I mean, sure, he's going to get older. I mean, um, and he's had a lot of injuries in his life. So his body's probably even older than his age. But like, I, I don't know. It, I think it's just inexcusable. You can't, you could lose a game seven at home. That happens in sports. This game was never close. Yeah. Like it would have been one thing if you were trading baskets with Luca, you know, who I'll get to him here in a second. It would have been one thing though, if you're trading baskets with him, you know, and he just has an out of body game, gives you 50 and hits the game winning shot with like two seconds left, you know, like that's one thing, but to get embarrassed like that, there's absolutely no excuses from it. Look, I think really what happened here is that, 
they figured out, you know, how the Suns offense kind of worked. You know, they basically said, we're not going to let these other guys beat us offensively. We're going to make Chris Paul try to score the ball here and beat us. And I think Jason Kidd, you know, he Jason Kidd really learned from his lessons, man. You know, he was the head coach of the Bucks. He had a talented team, couldn't do anything with them. And, you know, he had to go the assistant coach route. He was the well Lakers assistant Lakers. coach. Yeah, I think he might have been somewhere else, too. But, you know, Jason Kidd sat back and he learned. And now look at him in these series. He went down early in both series, and he somehow made the adjustments to everything and got his team out of here. I mean, it also helps, though, when you have an emerging, when you have the next, like, LeBron Jordan player emerging in the sport. I'm ready to go that far and say it about Luka, man. I mean, I really think Luka's that special. It helps when you have that. But I think Jason Kidd put him in the position to win here, and their defense frustrated him. I mean, they could not do anything with him. I did predict Dallas to win this series in seven games, so it went as I thought it would. But, I mean, I'm a Mavericks side of things, man. I think what makes them so good is the fact that they get to watch, you know, it's almost like I I talk a lot how that I think the best teams, you know, they have two guys who can really do everything for them. Obviously Luke is the only all-star level guy on this team, but it's almost like that they can stand around and watch him, but he's as good of a passer, you know, like a point guard is, and he's able to still get everyone involved. He just gets guys wide open shots. Mm -hmm. Like Dorian Finney-Smith with a hand in it, with a constant hand in his face is not going to shoot and make eight threes yeah. in a game or whatever he made. Like, he's a good – he's a you know, decent shooter, but, like, he ain't that good. It's just mm-hmm. every NBA guy, when you're getting consistent wide-open shots, they're going to knock him down. And so, um, in game seven, they hit some contested shots, but it wasn't close, so there's less pressure on you. Um, I, like, I mean, no, I, I don't think the Mavericks roster is that talented. They're just talented for what they need at the moment. You know, yeah. they're going to they're gonna need – to get Luca help. I mean, th- this roster is not winning the NBA championship. Okay, how good Luca is. They're they're not good enough to win the championship. I I just don't believe they are. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, you're not going to stop Luca. It's it's basically like the Bucks game plan. You can defend Giannis any way you want. You're not stopping them. So, um, yeah. I mean, back to your point about the defense. They doubled Booker everywhere he went. He went left the baseline. There was a big man waiting for him. He tried to step back. The primary defender was right on his hip. So. Yeah, they they played great defense, uh, which they did in the regular season. Didn't they have like the second best or third best defensive rating as a team? Um, I don't know about season long, but I know after I know after the trade deadline that the Celtics had the first best defense and they had the second best defense of the league, which is really what I think matters more, you know, than the season long defensive numbers. But yeah, I mean, this Dallas defense, man, they were some dogs and they were hungry and they ate up on the Suns. But yeah, it's exactly what you said. You know, they frustrated Devin Booker. They put Chris Paul in positions where he didn't want to be and they were ended up running away with this game. Let's talk a little bit though, Ben, here now about not a good look for not a good look for DeAndre Ayton, who's contract is, is his rookie contract is now up um and he does, hasn't been extended no that's a tough sell to get that max contract i listen i wouldn't give it to him there are certain players you that are just not max worthy a center is just not max worthy in the in today's game yeah look i'm gonna agree with you on this one man like i think aiden's a pretty good player and beating Jokic don't count exactly Town, well, that's what i was about to say like, towns you- is probably worth a max deal but he's an idiot yeah, I mean, like it's like I said on the last pod. I feel like Edwards is their number one. He's not ready to step into it yet. You know, Towns is like your number two guy, which I'm willing to give a max deal still to Towns. But, like, I feel like that it's Embiid and Jokic are in, like, that superstar, like, 10 best players category. Then you have Towns, who's more, like, in, like, that 30 to, like, like that. I'd say, like, that 18 to 30 range, you know. But then, like, when you look at 
DeAndre Ayton, I mean, I would say DeAndre Ayton's in that next group of centers after these guys. And I mean, I'm not giving a max deal. I guarantee you somebody will give a max deal, but there's just no way I can give it to him. I mean, Ayton played stupidly in the beginning of this game. He got three fouls, went to the bench. He only played 17 minutes. Then Monty Williams said it was an internal reason why he never really got back in the game. They never really got him back in there. I would say the writing's on the wall here for DeAndre Ayton. I mean, for the Suns, though. Good player. Yeah. Good player. For the Suns, though, I feel like you got to get rid of Chris Paul here too, man. Look, Chris Paul's 38 years old. He's get he's got up there at this point. He's on a big deal still. He keeps getting injured. He may be 36. I may be wrong about that. But regardless, though, Chris Paul's up there in age. He keeps on getting injured. Look, Chris Paul completely tarnished his legacy here, Ben, in this game. And this was kind of his moment. You know, he went to the finals. Chris Paul had been known for choking in the playoffs. And this was kind of his chance, you know, to get back right. He went up 2-0 last year in the finals and blew it. He went up 2-0 again here and blew it. And look, I think this is the most detrimental stat here to Chris Paul. So in the history of the NBA, for Chris, for just, just for Chris Paul, in playoff series where he went up 2-0, it happened 10 times. He's 5-5 five and five in those 50%. That's not terrible. For the entire NBA, when teams go up 2-0 in a playoff series, they're 132 and 11. That's 92%. And Chris Paul is 50%. I mean, look, yeah, I, I had a couple people ask me, you know, they're like, why haven't we talked more about this throughout Chris Paul's career? And look, I think Chris Paul had always stayed in like that, like eight to 15 best player range, you know, like I feel like he never like put himself into the argument for the best player in the league, you know, and I feel like that really is one thing that tarnished the legacy, but also too, like, look, I'm not saying Chris Paul has not been that good of a player because he has been a good player throughout his career. But like, when you think about Chris Paul, he's like, he's good at, like we were saying before we started, he's a good defensive player, regardless of what Patrick Beverly may say. He's a good passer. You know, he's the team leader. He's a good scorer. He's not like an amazing, like, obviously he's like an amazing playmaker and he's like an amazing defender, but he's not, you know, like a, like he's like a six and a half, seven on scoring rather than he's a 10 at those other things. You know what I mean? Like, so that's what I feel like also too, you know, kind of like put him in that category and allowed us to overlook him. But I think realistically, when we, we look at Chris Paul, I'm going to remember him for choking in the playoffs, being a good player, but he could never get it done. Yeah. I mean, he's still going to go into the hall of fame, regardless Absolutely. of no rings or anything. He's listen. He's had a really good career just with no rings. There's decent amount of players that are like that. So um, I don't understand. We can get into it, but uh, or so what I was gonna say is next is like out of all of his two O series leads, how many of those are he won his two home games? I don't think going. The reason why I'm asking is because mm-hmm. like I don't think going when you when your team has the in any sport, yeah. um, not every sport does the same series, but like if, in basketball, like if you're you go up two O, but you won your first two home games, is that like? I don't know. I don't think that's like a you don't have you don't have like a major series lead by winning. You're supposed to win your home games. Yeah. People say people in sports say all the time the series doesn't start until a road team wins. So it's like I don't I don't know. Like obviously yes, you you go up 2-0, it's the first of four wins. You should win the series. I understand that, but Dallas is unbelievable at home. Dallas is the best player in this series. So it's like Dallas losing the first two games in phoenix i don't why would they be worried at all you're going home obviously if you go down 3-0 and lose that yeah. series, that's a major choke but like in 3-1 that's a major choke shout out doc rivers but like <laughs> if, 
if you go 2-0 and then it, the series goes back to 2-2, why would anyone be surprised? You're supposed to win your home games in sports. That's why it's called a home field advantage. So it's like, yeah, that's, that is really bad for mm-hmm. Chris Paul to be the only one to do it. What did you said five times? Yeah. Uh, yeah, five times he's blown it. Only to do it that many times. That's bad, but I don't know. Like, I, getting a 2 0 lead when you win your first two home games doesn't seem like it's as big of an advantage as like, people think it to be. It's an advantage. Don't get me wrong. But, like, you are, if, unless you're really bad at home, I can't think of a team that's better on the road than they are at home in yeah. any sport, really. Um, so it's like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, if Boston goes down 2 0 against Miami, is Miami just like a lock to win that series? No, Boston's unbelievable at home. Yeah, but I th- I think though you do become like a eighty. You have like an eighty percent chance to win the series at that point though. Once you go up two zero or it's something crazy like that. But I definitely do agree with you on that. The only one I can think of off the top of my head. The best. What if the best player? What if the best players on the team that's down zero two, which would be the which would be the yeah. case of the Celtics and was the case of the Mavericks. Luca was the best player in that series, even going into it. And Jason Tatum's better than any Heat player that's on that roster. So yeah. if Boston's down 0-2, I don't even think Boston fans should be that worried. They're going to play home in the TD Garden, where it's one of the greatest home court advantages yeah. there is. No, I see. Look, I agree with what you're saying, but at the same time, I mean, these Suns did win 64 games. They were, I think, one of only like oh, three 60 win teams in the league. Like, I feel like there's no excuses here, but no, I definitely agree with Not what you're saying. The, the only two were. What were you saying? Weren't they, the only, weren't they the only one that got to sixty? I think they. I think they were the only team that got to sixty. I know, obviously, this number. There, I think they were because yeah. the numbers I know are fudged yeah. because that uh, of like the bubble and the COVID shortened season and all that shit like messed up the numbers. I think the Bucks though in that bubble season were the only other team that got to sixty wins over like the last couple of years. But everything's obviously been skewed because of like how seasons have been abnormal. But um. Yeah, you know, I think that it's a tough look for the Suns. I think they can definitely are going to have to make some changes on their roster. And look, I think Chris Paul is going to be known for what he is. At this point, if he goes anywhere and gets a ring, it's going to be as a number two or number three option. So anything else you think we need to say here? No. I mean, people love to go at Chris Paul. Listen, he's he's one of my favorite players I've ever watched. He always will be a ring or no ring doesn't change that for me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, people can slander Chris Paul all they want. They can make fun of him. He's uh, going to the Hall of Fame, so he's getting the last laugh. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, Chris Paul is 150% heading into the Hall of Fame, so, you know, man, it kind of is what it is at this point in his career for him. Um, I will I'll put an asterisk by my love for him. I, I liked him a lot more in his younger career. He's the, – the flopping isn't my favorite part of his game, which – 100% does it and the the rip through move he basically created that to be called a foul now that's pretty much what he's known for but like his New Orleans days and his Clipper days I was I loved him I absolutely loved watching Chris Paul Still yeah, he was. he's 37 not everyone is LeBron James or Tom Brady where the older you get somehow you're getting better so maybe not LeBron's getting better but LeBron's still perfectly good at great to get basketball like he's 37 he's not going to be a great defender he's you know, he's a six-time steel champion. He's – what do we see? He's a four-time all-defensive first team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he's not getting that at 37 years old, or I, I wouldn't expect him to get it. So it's like, yeah, Father Time catches up with everyone except for Tom Brady and LeBron, although LeBron's getting more injury-prone. 
Yeah, no, for sure. I agree with you. Besides, those guys are freaks in nature. Those guys are best athletes all time, you know, so not bad for Chris Paul to be mentioned in that company. Didn't LeBron James say one time he spends $2 million? I think LeBron said he admitted one time he spends around $2 million a year on his body, like through machines and, and like massage therapy and vitamins. I don't know what he does, but like, yeah, most people don't spend that much money on their body, dude. <laughs> yeah, LeBron might honestly spend work. more money than that. Yeah, but shit, yeah, it better freaking work, you know. Oh, wow, Marcus Smart is ruled out for tonight's game. Interesting. I wonder if Robert Williams is going to play. Anyway, um, let's go he, to – Robert Robert Williams is expected. Al Horford is out There's as no well in health protocols. Oh, my gosh, that's crazy. Good thing I already have my bet in on this game. Um, anyway, let's keep moving. It. Well, you said Robert Williams is expected to play? With no minutes restriction. Okay, okay. Interesting. Um, let's move here now to the next series, or to the other series we watched wrap up in seven games. That was the Celtics versus Bucks. Um, look. Hell of a series. Hell of a series, Ben. Games. So, I'm actually going to give Giannis props, even though he lost the series. At the end of the day, yeah. if they had Chris Middleton, I think they would have won this series in six games. I don't think this game would have left Milwaukee. But honestly, the fact he was able to win game five was insane. I thought the best part of the entire victory in game five was the fact that Giannis got that rebound at the top of the key and he knocks down that three-pointer like it was nothing. It was like he was just so locked in and laser-focused. He scored 40 points. It was clear that he ran out of gas. They didn't have enough help, you know. But the fact they were able to win that game I thought was more impressive than anything. I really do think that Giannis and Luca are the two best guys in the NBA at this point in time. And I don't think, look, Katie's good and all, but he couldn't even get out of the first round. You know, Giannis at least, he couldn't even win a game, actually. Giannis went down at least with putting up a huge fight, missing Middleton, who was their second best player. I thought that Giannis proved in this series how good of a player he is. And look, they get Middleton back next year. I think they'll be ready to go back on a deep playoff run. What do you think? Middleton's not only their second best player, he's the closer. When you need free throws or you need a three at the end of the game, the ball is always going to be in Chris Middleton's mm-hmm. hands. He's also a real, he's also a good defender. Not yep. Drew. Like Drew and Giannis are probably a little bit better, but Middleton's a very good defender for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not. A, you know me. I'm not a big uh, like what if person. I, the Celtics could still win that series even if Chris Middleton played. Mm-hmm. Um, it just would have been a lot harder. So, and listen, Giannis. You were talking about him being tired. When he came out of the game, when it was the blowout in uh, game seven, he literally just lied on the ground. Like he, he didn't go sit on the bench. Like he was just lying on the ground, just exhausted. He had that stat line that he's like the, what is he? Like the first player in this series to ever have like a hundred rebounds, 50 assists and like 200 points or so. What was the stat line? I don't know what it was either, but it was a Giannis a freak of nature. I think it was 200, 150 in a single series or something. Like, yeah, he, him losing a series still showed you that he's still, like, it's why he won back-to-back MVPs. It's why he is the best player in the world. I don't even think it, you can dispute it. Like, there's no one better than Giannis. So, and he improved. He shot better in the free throw, uh, from the free throw line of the regular season. And I think he was hovering around 70-something percent in the playoffs. He got better at that. He showed you he can at least attempt and make some threes. Obviously, he doesn't have a great shot. Probably doesn't yeah. need one. Listen, he also gets away with bully ball a little bit, but I I don't know how you referee his games. Like, Shaq got away with stuff. They're just bigger. Like, you, him driving and, like, not, like, extending his arm, but, like, 
like using his elbow as like protection and just yeah. the person moving out of the way, it's not a foul every time because he's just bigger and stronger. Like you can't fault someone for just being a bigger human being. So it's like he's a really hard person to officiate. He gets away with travels. He gets away with push-offs, but like you can't call you just can't call it every single time. So he's the best in the world. I mean, he's going to be until he slows down and that's not happening anytime soon. No, absolutely. That's what I'm saying, man. Like Giannis is going to be back in here and have another shot at it. If anything that could like kind of be the best thing for him. If anything, this Bucks team gets to rest up. Cause you know, when Middleton's in there, I feel like you, you, you always know you're going to get this out of Giannis, you know, then you might have a role player give you some points and whatnot. And then on top of that, you know, for a fact, either one of holiday or Middleton will. Yeah, exactly. Either holiday or Middleton is going to be lights out scoring the ball. You know, like one of those two guys will be Then The other guy's still going to contribute defensively, you know, and passing the ball wise. So I feel like that ultimately really hurt the bucks. We do have to talk about Tatum and you were right about this. So I'll give you props on this. You had said it's probably time. And Tatum has been very good in his young career. He's been to Eastern conference finals twice already i want to say is this his third time going to the eastern conference finals um yes yeah it is because he went because he went in the bubble against the heat and then he went against lebron yeah so i mean that's an unbelievable start to your young career he has risen to listen you i probably would have included him in this category before and you know this is i hate used in this word in sport I don't say you're a superstar until you like win something of relevance. Mm-hmm. He's a superstar in this league now. He's getting to the point where he, yeah, he has some bad shooting games. I understand that. He still can fill up and get 24 points just from getting to the free throw line. He's improved his defense. He's actually like willing to. Um, this ball, um, uh, blanking on his name. What's the Boston coach's name? Um, Ime Udoka. Thank you. Has gotten. Everyone on this team, all five guys that were playing defense are playing team defense. So, yeah, I'm going to put Tatum in the superstar category because he's getting to the point where his offense is just unstoppable. His footwork, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it's a certain Hall of Fame, one of the best basketball players who passed away pretty recently. I'm not going to say it's equivalent to that guy's footwork. Yeah, I'm not going to say his name, but it's getting to that point where his footwork in the post and his pivot move is is as good of a basketball player's initials or KB. <laughs> I like how vague you were with that reference there, Ben. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, thought Boston's role players stepped up when they needed them to, but ultimately it was the Jason Tatum show. When they went into, yeah, Horford for real. Honestly, Horford got lucky, man. Horford got traded, you know. He basically was – Horford was basically stuck in a situation in Philadelphia where he didn't get to have to play a ton of minutes. Then after that, he gets to OKC, where he basically gets to take the entire year off of basketball while he's in OKC. And look at what happens for him now. You know, now Horford all of a sudden comes out comes out here. Everything goes his way, and look what he does for Boston. But ultimately, though – He's like dunking the basketball on people. No, I told my dad – I texted my dad. I was like, where was this when he played for Atlanta? Like, I didn't even see that version of Al Horford in Atlanta. He liked to shoot those elbow jumpers when he played in Atlanta. He was fundamental, you know what yeah, I mean? Like Josh Smith. Josh Smith. The athletic big. Yeah, no. So that that definitely uh, would um makes makes sense. But um, uh, anyway, though, the other point I wanted to make too is exactly what you said about Tatum. You know, I called Tatum out because after game two was over or 
game three was over, I was like, um, I was like, all right, look, I was like, Jason Tatum, you just scored 10 points. This is your worst game of the series so far. It's one, it's near down now and two one. If you're really all that, step back. prove it to me. Yeah. He bounced back big time. No, that's what I'm saying, man. Tatum, not only did he bounce back and pull up to it, he put himself in another category. That's exactly what you wanted to see. I think that was ultimately my biggest takeaway from him. I mean, Brown was obviously inconsistent. Um, but, you know, ultimately How about Tatum, Grant Williams? Yeah, I didn't even think about that one. Grant Williams, Grant, too. I mean, The defensive strategy to just let Brooke Lopez guard the, the guy who's uh, driving the basketball and to leave – uh, Grant Williams open when he shot 40% from threes in the regular season is an absurd strategy. Yeah. Um, when I was, I think I tweeted out during, uh, during, um, game, I think game seven, I'm pretty sure I tweeted out and I was like, Grant Williams stopped shooting the basketball. Cause he missed like three threes. Then they set that play up for him. He hit the fourth and then he never looked back after that. I mean, even Peyton Pritchard too. Peyton Pritchard was acting like nobody on this earth could guard him. So I just thought this entire Boston team, you know, found like that irrational confidence. You know, I feel like sometimes you need those guys, though, who have the irrational confidence because they don't know any better in the big moment, you know? I'd rather have Peyton Pritchard check it out than Derek White not shoot. I mean, yeah, Derek White was chucking up bricks, too, honestly. He's, he was For another seven, one I called on on Twitter. And then he just wouldn't shoot after that. It's Until he made a couple. He did make a couple. Yeah, no, he definitely did. I mean – Bucks didn't have anything left in the tank. Um, look, we'll talk. So takeaways. So from the Warriors Grizzlies series, me and Ben were texting earlier. We both agreed there's not much needs to be said about the Grizzlies. We think they need to let their guys age a little bit, unless that um, you know, unless that it gets to the point where that like there's a true star, you know, that is um that's available. You know what I mean? Like that's really the only way that we said that they needed to make a trade unless, you know, it's like somebody who's like big time roster changing other than that. Stick with what you got. Let the guys keep aging. But let's talk about the 76ers here. Look, Ben, you even tweeted at me after the series is over me and my dad, I was sitting there watching this game with my dad. We were sitting there on the couch. We we're like, how can doc rivers possibly come back as the coach yet? He's back again. Ben, what do the 76ers need to do here, man? Are you paying James Harden? Is doc rivers still your coach? If you're Daryl Morey? I think they, I think Daryl Morey said that he is coming back. I think he already said it. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Would you bring him back, yeah. though, if, if it was you? No. I, w- I would not bring him back. I-, I wasn't kidding when I said I would have fired him before the before the uh, game six Celtics game started, which was that same night. It was just a couple hours later. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, I guess Doc Rivers is like the Chris Paul version of coach. Like, yeah, he's a good coach, but he has every negative – record on him like he's not a bad coach like I just don't I don't know I'm not saying he's a great coach he should not be on the top 15 or whatever he was on but um I I think if you're the Sixers I I would try to get rid of Tobias Harris because he's got that big contract as well and I saw something that said if the Sixers offload Tobias and Harden agrees to like a somewhat team-friendly structure it didn't. It wasn't specific on what the number would have to be for Harden, but it said team friendly. Then it opens up a max spot for the Sixers. I think that's the best move. Yeah. Um, I think Tobias would just benefit from a different scenery. He's just kind of a, in the afterburners in Philly at this point, and he's on a big contract. Um eventually you're going to have to pay Maxi, but he's only in year two right now. 
So if you could open up a max spot, that would be tremendous. And maybe you bring in like, I don't know. I mean, Bradley Beal just clearly doesn't want to go anywhere. But like, if you could get a Bradley Beal, like that would be a guy, you know? Um, there's always players out there that you can give a max deal to. So I, if I would start by offloading Tobias Harris, I just don't think he has much of a role for the money he's making on this team and, and in order for them to have success at this point. Um, I, listen, he's a good player, Tobias Harris, but like he never was was this amount of money worth. And he's definitely not if he's going to be the fourth or fifth option score. Yeah, no, see, I, I agree with you completely on that one, Ben. Like, I, f- I feel like that, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, Tobias Harris is above average. I feel like he doesn't get – or not above average. Tobias Harris is a good player. You know, like, he doesn't get he's a good player. what he deserves. But at the same time, I just can't feasibly pay him as much money as he's making. I mean, I think Philly thought that he had a little bit of room to get better still, and he never reached it. Obviously, I think Maxi is the type of guy you want to keep around. You want to build your team around with Embiid. Look, the reality of it is Embiid's 28 years old. Doc Rivers is not that guy. Doc Rivers is nobody's been handled as much talent as handed as much talent in, in their coaching career as Doc Rivers and done so little with it. I think we talked about it last year and even the year before that. Doc Rivers might be the most overrated coach in the history of the NBA, in my opinion. The fact that he won one championship baffles me, but I mean, think about all those Celtics teams. Think about all those Clippers teams. Think about these 76ers teams, the talent he's had. I mean, he couldn't even beat the Hawks. And look how bad the Hawks were this year. Like, come on, man. The Celtics. The Celtics team had three Hall of Famers, and then Rondo was in his prime. And you could put prime Rondo in the Hall of Fame. Razor Rondo won't be a Hall of Famer, but prime Rondo on those Celtics teams was a Hall of Famer. He was averaging like 16 assists a game, it felt like. They even had like Jason Terry, Shaq, Mikel. Like they were so stacked. Like literally at the time, like their bench had at least four guys that would be like starting on any other team or would be like your sixth man. You know what I mean? Like those teams were loaded and he did diddly shit with them. Big big baby Davis. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. they were. They even had Nate Robinson one point in time, Jeff Green. Mm -hmm. Like talk like we could literally sit here and name just like talented player after talented player after talented player. And he didn't do anything with them besides one ring. But overrated doesn't mean bad. Overrated just means for what you were dealt, the cards you were dealt with, you didn't maximize that. Like, I don't think Doc Rivers is a bad coach. He's, I just think he's overrated. For what he's, the cards he's been dealt, he should have accomplished more, I think is is the definition of overrated. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I agree with you completely. And then on the flip side of things for James Harden, look, guys, I'm one of the biggest James Harden fans there is. That version of James Harden doesn't exist anymore. He did not take care of his body, partying at the club for until 3 a.m. after playing a, during an 82 game NBA season, drinking tequila instead of instead of water and Gatorade. Definitely doesn't exactly uh, you know translate over into your the body. Diet he had in Houston when he was trying to force his way out. He legitimately yeah. gained weight. Yeah, he was probably eating the Magic City. Anyway, guys, Ben and I forgot the Zoom updated their thing, and now you can only go for a 40-minute meeting when you don't have the purchase version, so it kicks out. So if we feel like we jumped out. But anyway, back to what we were talking about. We are talking about James Harden. Regardless, guys, James Harden's dying things did not help him age well. Look, I don't think that his age got – that he got to the bad age well part of it till he hurt his hamstring last year in the playoffs. I assume him probably trying to play on that hamstring – probably wasn't the best thing for him to do, and it probably hurt him long-term. But look, 
I think James Harden still made himself into a good player. He plays more defense. He's more crafty. He's still a good passer. I mean, he was second in the NBA. Great That's damn good. You know what I mean? He can still occasionally have a vintage game like he did in that game four in Philadelphia where he sent the heat packing back to Miami. You know, he can occasionally sum that up. All that being said, though, he's not worth a $40 million max contract. You know, he's definitely worth having on your team. He's definitely worth being your starting point guard. Like I think he's the perfect point guard to have when you have guys like Embiid, Maxi, whether it's Tobias Harris or someone else as your other score, you know, but look, they got ripped off in the Ben Simmons trade at the end of the day. Yeah. They got rid of Ben Simmons and Rodden James Harden, but the fact they gave up Seth Curry and first round picks and Andre Drummond, probably not the best look for themselves. I mean, they could have really used a guy like Seth Curry in this series. They might've been able to make their way through it. If they had a guy like him, I don't want to say your fourth best player is the guy that make or breaks you, but I mean, you clearly had some injuries. Thibault couldn't play out there at all. Eric Spolster's too smart to let someone with no offense play against you. I think Philadelphia needs to get deeper on the bench and they need to figure something out to get another go-to score in that offense. Seth Curry's not just like your fourth best player on a roster though. When he can hit you five threes in a game, he's so much more valuable than, you know what I mean? Uh, And listen, Danny Green was firing in this series. He was shooting the ball well. And I I feel bad for Danny Green. He's like 35, 36 years old. I think he just tore his ACL and in one of the other CL. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that could be the end of the line for Danny Green, who has had a polished career. Two-time champion. Got three t- or he may be three, three-time, right? yeah. Yeah, because Raptors and then at least one with yeah. the Spurs. Probably two. Yeah, Spurs. one. I think two with the Spurs, but at least one, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. I, I It might just be a lose-lose trade. We have no idea what we're getting out of Ben Simmons in Brooklyn. The man just had – the man was cleared to play in game four, decided not to play in game four. And then less than a month later, he's having back surgery. So was he ever going to play? I'm sorry, game five, but it never went to a game five. Like, was he ever going to play? You can't clear someone to then have back surgery. And I I know a bunch of adults who who are mostly in their uh, upper 40s to 50s age who have had back surgery. He's like 26. How old is he? 26, 27? He's young. Simmons? Yeah, he might be 25. Yeah, he's... Let's Back see. surgery is not what you want to be having at a young age. Like it, it doesn't 25. really get. He's twenty five and he's about to have major back surgery. That could easily limit, ma- like your maximum mobility, especially if it doesn't successfully heal all the way. So, I don't know. I don't know what Ben Simmons' future in the game of basketball looks like. I don't think yeah. anyone does. He's got to get over another mental hurdle. He's not going to be able to move for multiple months. Yeah, it's not looking good for Ben Simmons. Ben, the good the news is though he doesn't have to re- he doesn't have to shoot the basketball. So at least he's got that going for him. Um, let's preview real quick here, Ben, before we get out of here. These two upcoming series. Obviously, we'll start out once again with the uh, series that's happening tonight. We got the Celtics taking on the Miami Heat. The Heat are the one seed, so they have home court. I just broke the news as well that Horford is going to be and is in health and safety protocols. Marcus Smart has a sore foot that apparently remember he missed game two of the uh, Milwaukee series with, and apparently he re-aggravated to get him in game seven. Ben, who do you have winning this series and why? I think the Celtics win it in six or seven. Um, I think Marcus Smart will play in game two, especially assuming they lose game one. Um, Horford will most likely miss games one and two since they're a lot closer together. Um, I, I mean, it all depends. I don't want to speculate. Everyone's health and safety protocols are different, but it, you know, 
you can win a game with that Horford, especially. I, I think this game one is almost going to be a throwaway. I think the Celtics have got to be very, very tired in this game coming into it with little rest. Um, and not having – forget the little rest, not having Smart and Horford's a major blow. That's that's – Marcus Smart did not shoot the ball well in game seven, and he was an unbelievable assistant. Yeah. He had eight – like six assists in the first half or maybe eight assists in the first – he was incredible. And he obviously plays great defense. Horford is – Orford does gives you a little bit of everything. He's a tremendous rebounder. He plays uh, good defense, especially he can play defense on a guy like Adebayo. Um, gives up a little bit of athleticism, but still can defend him. And Horford does everything on the offensive end. Sets really good screens. Hits the pick and pop game. So um, I, I think the Heat would win Game One. I think you're sitting at an unbelievable number since you got the bet in uh, for a two unit play. I think I saw before all these injury stuff came yep. out. It was minus two that you got it at. Uh, go ahead and check what it is now for me. Um, yeah, I bet it'll be a four and a half or maybe even five. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I don't think the Celtics are just like – it's not like a forfeit game, but it's going to be tougher to win. Your your guys are more tired than the Heat are, and you're missing two – I believe two starters in Horford and Marcus Smart. So, um, it, it'll be an uphill battle for game one. They'll get Smart back for game two if I had to assume. And uh, like I said, if they go down 2-0 in Miami, they're going back to Boston. This series is, is far from over. I think if they're down 2-0, I think the Celtics win in seven. I think if they split 1-1, I think the Celtics win in six. So um, I, I told you a while ago, when it comes to the series pick, I'm going to take the best player on the floor. Unless, and if the, if the two best players are even, I'll go to the second best, the third best player. Mm-hmm. I think Tatum is the best player in the series. Um, I, I, I don't, agree with you on the heat on your heat takes um i don't think jimmy butler is a bum um i don't think bam at is a bad player um i don't think, I think the heat a bad are player very, i think the heat are a very good team i think they're extremely well coached um i just think I, the celtics team is incredible i don't think you're gonna get the numbers max Struess and uh put up against the hawks every single game against the celtics i don't think duncan robinson's gonna have as many open shots like he had against the Hawks. Is he going to see the floor? The yeah, he'll probably play a little bit. Um, like, I, I think it's tougher. And Kyle Lowry's missing game one. Who knows when he's going to be fully – you mentioned it with Harding. He's got a hamstring injury. It's clearly a lingering injury. This is like his fifth game he's missing. So, uh, listen, I think the Celtics – I think both teams are pretty even. I think the Celtics are a little bit better when everyone's fully healthy. I think the Heat have a little bit of a coaching advantage. But I'm going to take the best player in the series to come through for his team, and that's – Jason Tatum. Yeah, I agree with you, Ben. Look, I still think the Heat are a good team, man. Like, at the end of the day, I said I thought the Heat would be able to get through Philadelphia. They'd be able to get through Atlanta pretty easily in the playoffs, which they did. Now here, see, I thought the two best teams in the in the East were the Celtics and Bucks. Milwaukee. Yeah. I thought the winner of that one was coming out here. Look, Horford's going to miss two games due to health and safety protocols. I think you can win without Horford. It's going to be up to Tatum, Brown, Smart, Robert Williams. I think he'll be back. I think they'll even up at 1-1. I think they end up getting it done here in six. I think ultimately what the series is going to come down to, Jimmy Butler plays his best basketball in the playoffs. Like He's proven that his scoring average stuff picks up the playoffs. Jimmy's a big game player, whether I like him or not. I'll give him that. I feel like that what the series is going to end up coming down to is exactly like you said, is who wants to emerge here and be that guy. I think this this entire season, these entire playoffs have been all about Jason Tatum. Spoles a good coach. Same time, Ime Udoka is a pretty good coach. You know, like you saw him really get after this team as the season went on. And I feel like Boston has already faced adversity and gotten better together. 
not having a pure point guard in a series where you have some defensive dogs like the Celtics do will definitely catch up to you. And without Kyle Lowry in there, they don't have a true defensive dog in there. I guarantee you they're going to be taking it at Tyler Hero this entire game tonight and the entire series are going to be taking it at him almost to the point that he can't even be on the floor because he can't play defense. Gabe Vincent can't play defense. They'll take it at him too, you know? Like they're going to take it at the guys who can't play the defense and can't get it done on that end. I think this is going to be a grinded out grudge match type series. Like I wouldn't be shocked at all if the, to- if the totals in the series get down below 200. Like I bet we'll be seeing some 198s by game three or game four for the totals of this series. Not saying I'm be taking those hunters, but we're going to be seeing some low scoring. Like we're going to see some games in the eighties in this series. I think ultimately though, Celtics, I think are the best team and they'll end up getting it done. That's my pick to come out here in the East. Um, anything Today- else in the series? Do they put PJ Tucker on Tatum and let Butler guard Brown? Because if you put Butler on Tatum and PJ mm-hmm. doesn't guard Jalen Brown, who the hell guards Jalen Brown? Call me crazy. This is how I would D them up. I would put Struce on Jalen Brown. I would put Tucker on Tatum. And then at that point, I'm putting Jimmy Butler on whoever the third guard is on the floor, whether it's smart or whatnot, just because I want Jimmy Butler to be able to run and give help. You know what I mean? On defense, I would rather have one of Tucker or Butler playing off the best player so they can give a little bit of help, you know, but I mean, obviously if that doesn't work, then I'd match them up on each other. But I mean, defensively too, you know, Marcus Smart's going to be all up in Jimmy Butler's grill. I mean, you're going to have your Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown who are defensive guys too. They're going to be all over these guys as well. This is just going to be, this is going to be a, a rock fight, as I like to call it, when it's a straight under game. That's what we're going to see throughout this entire did you, series. Uh, did you hear J.J. Reddick say that the two-way players in this series, meaning Jimmy Butler and Tatum, and Patrick Beverly looked at him and was like, wait, Jason Tatum's a two-way player? And Reddick's like, did you watch the net series at all? Have you watched basketball at all? Like, yes, Jason Tatum is a solid defender. Yeah, I know. I th- I did see that. That was hilarious. I think JJ Reddick's the best guy there is in the basketball media. Nobody says it how it is. More is more unbiased. Has more applicable things. Like, I mean, the best thing I think that JJ Reddick did to prove his value was when he called out Zion for when CJ McCollum came on his podcast and said that Zion hadn't even given him a call yet, and he was like, "How can you call call yourself the top guy on the team and not even give a player a call?" He's like, "Look, so he's like CJ McCollum is a is your second best player at this point, maybe third best guy. CJ McCollum's a damn good player in the NBA." And you're not even give him a call. He's like, that's just disrespectful. Zion gave him a call a couple hours later. So JJ knows what he's talking about. JJ's the realest one in the game. Let's talk about the other series here real quick. We have the Dallas Mavericks taking on the Golden State Warriors. Golden State will have home court since they are the two seed. Dallas the four seed. Ben, what are you thinking here? Uh, There's going to be a lot of threes in this series. That's what I think. Uh, Both teams can shoot the lights out from threes. Um, I mean, this is going to be an interesting series. I think Jonathan Kaminga is probably going to have to play a, deep, a lot more. So he started in the last series a lot of games, but he only played around 16 minutes. I think his athleticism is something that can be used in this series to guard um, a Luka or to mm-hmm. guard a um, Dinwiddie, someone like that. So I think that's going to be valuable. Um, I think the Warriors are a decent amount better. I, I just do. Their experience that they're going to have in this series is going to be unbelievable. I think Draymond's defensive presence can really play a big role in the series. I think he may guard Luka a little bit just because the other big men that Dallas has are really perimeter players. Like um, Kleber doesn't really post up ever. He, you could probably put like Clay Thompson on Kleber if he's not guarding Luka at the time. So listen, I think, I think um, Clay, I think Draymond, and I think Kaminga 
are all going to take shots at Luka. I don't think you can really stop Luka Doncic. I just think you can possibly slow him down. It's really going to be, can you prevent Dinwiddie and Brunson from scoring? I think the Warriors can throw a decent amount of bodies on defense. I, you, As good as the Mavericks play on defense, you're not going to stop Clay, Poole, Curry from making shots. Like Curry's not shooting the ball well, and he's they're going to go in. He's getting – he got a lot of open shots in the last series he missed. He's not going to miss all, the whole playoffs. So I think the Warriors do have an advantage here. It, their experience, I think, should play. Um, and I believe Steve Kerr is going to be back for game one. Yeah, Steve Kerr cleared um, health and safety protocols, I think, on Saturday. Look, this is going to be a seven-game series for sure. Here, I think once again we go seven. I, just I think you should bet the. I think you should bet the Mavericks in every single game that's in Golden State. That they're the underdog. I think you should bet the Mavericks in every game. Not, I wouldn't game one just because you should, teams after game seven are Maybe like, I get, yeah, because they're gonna yeah, be a little tired like Boston. Yeah, yeah, they're tired legs. But after game one, I definitely agree with you completely. Look. I like Dallas to win this series, and I've been saying it. I've been saying it for a minute. I remember, Ben, when we did a podcast, it was kind of one of our extra segments when we were talking about football. I was like, this team's legit. We need to start giving them credit. Look, Golden State's been reckless with the ball this year. Golden State still has the experience. They have the guys. I just don't think this is the same Golden State team that we're used to, you know? Like, I feel like they're a little weak at the big man position. D- Dallas is fine with that. You know, Dallas would rather play without P- Powell and Kleba in there. Look, I think Dallas has the wings to – I'm not saying to stop Curry and Poole because you can't really stop those guys, but to match up with them. I like Klay Thompson. I love him to death. This is not the same Klay Thompson, though, you know. Like, he's not going to be the same unless player. Unless it's game six. Yeah, unless it's game six. You know, it's going to be tough for him to be the same Klay Thompson. And, look, he's going to have some games in this series where you're like, why is he playing? He's going to have some games, too, where you're, like, benching Klay Thompson's back. You know, it's going to go both ways for sure. He's just not going to be consistent to the point that you want him to be. I think Luka is going to be able to do what he needs to every single night. I mean, we saw it in the Phoenix series, even when the team underperformed, Luka never really underperformed. I think Luka is going to be able to get what he needs to do to get this done. Ultimately, I think that Dinwiddie and Brunson just need to have one game in Golden State where they show out and they just need to get that road win one time. I don't think anybody's coming in the, in American Airlines Arena and beating the Mavericks. I think the Mavericks get this thing done in seven games. I do think it's going to – look, these two teams are really good at defense. Golden State are the second-best defense in the NBA for season-long metrics. These two teams are going to grind it out defensively. I mean, Draymond's crafty. He's definitely more physical for Luka. I think that he will match up with Luka in certain instances as well. I also think – I mean, at the end of the day, like, you can say guys match up well on Luka and Curry, but, I mean, at the end of the day, you can't stop these guys. There's better offense is going to be good defense all the time in the NBA. That's just the kind of – it's a make-or-miss league, you know? That's just the way shit's going to happen in this I- league. I think something to keep an eye on is mm-hmm. Luca's flopping, and if it gets a call for Luca, Draymond is getting very close to being suspended for a game because remember he got the double technical. Mm-hmm. So that's two point two technical points on his record. If you get to, f- I think the number is four, then you're suspended for a game. You better believe the Dallas Mavericks are going to know that. They already know that Draymond likes to talk and complain a lot, so. In the games that are in Dallas, especially if it's 2-0 Golden State going to Dallas, you know that the media is going to want to tie this series up, at least for game three. Mm -hmm. The Mavericks will get a couple more calls. If they can frustrate Draymond a little bit, he can get a couple of technical fouls. Like, uh, you don't play a gameplay like that, but it's definitely to be suspended for a game. We know what the Warriors look like without Draymond and Green. Yeah, no, absolutely, Ben. I mean, those are all very valid points. I think this is going to be a dogfight. Like, 
I don't think it's like as much of like I'm not as confident as I was the last two series in Dallas getting out of here, but I still think Dallas can do it, man. I just feel like look, I feel like Luca is that next like LeBron MJ type player. I mean, when Luca, people forget when Luca was 17 years old, he was playing in a league of men overseas and he was absolutely dominating it. You know, a lot of people said, "Oh, these are foreign guys. These are still grown ass men with two kids." You know, who have been playing basketball their whole career. This is a 17 year old kid kicking their ass every single night. I think that says something. I mean, Luca came in the league. He was instantly a star, you know. I mean, Luca's Luca basically couldn't get past Kawhi Leonard, who's arguably the best two-way player that we've seen in this era of basketball, and Paul George. You know, like that was who put him out of the playoffs both times at the Clippers. A Golden State doesn't have that defensive stopper like that. It's going to be pretty hard for them to get out of here. I mean, he was up 2-0 on them last year and playoffs and blew it. Luca's experienced disappointment a couple times. I just feel like this is his coming out party, man. This is a perfect storm for him. I think Dallas gets it done. This is going to be a hell of a series. I mean, we have two really good series. I mean, there might not be like the star star power. Like there's not like the LeBron, the Embiid, you know, like the top like five level player playing in that Heat Celtics matchup, but it's two really good basketball teams, you know? Yeah, the depth is unbelievable. And coaching exactly. is unbelievable. It's like old school, it's old school basketball where coaching does matter. Your depth does matter. Mm -hmm. Your culture, your system does matter. Every player on every roster knows the exact role they play and what they have to do on a night-to-night basis. It's it's old-school basketball. No, absolutely, man. It's going to be so much fun to watch. Um, Hey, look, I know I didn't pick the Suns to go to the finals originally just because Luka was hurt, and I didn't want to pick the Mavs and have them go out in the first round, you know, because I didn't know if Luka was going to be back or not. I did say, though, there is 0% chance we would see the Suns-Bucks rematch. I did say it would be 0%. So who's your final now? Um, so my final originally, I, before the season started, I took Dallas to beat no, the Bucks. No, right now. Oh, right now? Oh, oh Dallas. Okay, yeah. So, so, I had, so before the season started, when we came on the podcast, I think you picked, like, the Nets to play the Suns, Jesus. I believe you picked, or somebody, something like that. Nets-Suns or something like that. I said Dallas versus the Bucks. And I had, I had Dallas. Laker, I had Lakers. I had Lakers and Bucks. Good God. Yeah, I mean, w w shit. I had the Lakers in the playoffs. So if that makes you feel any better, um, and Doesn't. then, and then I had the Sun. Then once we before the playoffs started, I said I was going Sun Celtics. Now I'm on Dallas Celtics. What about you? Actually, I guess you said Warriors and uh and Celtics. Warriors and Celtics. Um, that's what I got. Hey, Ben, it's going to be a hell of a series, man. It's going to be a hell of a ride. Um, game's about to tip off here in about – actually, I guess they bumped it back to 8.30, so I guess we got about two hours to kill here. Um, ben, any last words for you, man, before we get out of here? Nope. I'm all good, man. Um, I'm all good as well. Once again, guys, Ben, appreciate you for coming on, man. It's been a pleasure talking some basketball with you and talking some basketball to everybody here for the last couple hours. Guys, we got big things coming up with this football season. Me and Ben are excited. But we'll talk to you all again soon.